0: This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello, I'm Stuart Goldsmith, and this is the penultimate New Zealand recording from the festival there earlier this year. Uh, I have an Australian act for you now, still pretty new, as you'll hear, but offering something very different to a lot of what you'll find uh, in a club. I urge you to check him out online before, or indeed after you listen to this one. A beautifully deadpan act, uh, dry as dust. This is Luke Heggie. Luke Heggy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. We were talking last night, you were saying that you were, uh, you, what was it you said, you didn't realise until you became a comedian.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that so many of them were into things like Doctor Who, comic books, shit like this, as adults, Yeah. and shameless about it. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't, I just don't want to diss it, but it's just, to me, it's always been, I'm no child psychiatrist, of course, but um, just reeks of not enough hugs as a kid. Or maybe too many. <laughs> okay. One of those the, two things.
0: The impression yeah. I got that it was, to you, it, it felt like too many hugs. Like, you're quite... Yeah, it probably is. You're yeah, sort of yeah, a yeah. bloke, aren't you? You're, well, yeah. Yeah. So, your act. In fact, let's, let's go back. Let's just describe okay. your act for people who's predominantly in Britain who listen to this, but all over the world, right. um, who may not have seen you. Tell us what your, what your act is.
1: Uh, my act is generally... Well, this year my show is about just dickheads I've met while I was travelling. Okay. Uh, I suppose I get described as fairly dry, but... Um,
0: yeah, dry, literally know, dry as sand. You're yeah. one of the driest acts I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know, it can border on I suppose ranty sarcasm, but I don't really give a shit. I'm just into it and you know, just rip it into people basically. I try to cover everyone. Yeah. Fair yeah, about, yeah. But um yeah, that's basically it.
0: And is that I just get stuck in. Is that just what you've ended up doing because that's what you're like as a person?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: You yes. are very like you're off stage you're very like your on stage persona.
1: Yeah, the same. I mean I you know, Probably watered down a little bit, so I don't get my head punched in. Yeah, but yeah, pretty much. And you're coming to comedy from what kind of a background? Uh, before I started, I started comedy four years ago. Pre that, I'd had maybe seventy jobs, just in all sorts of stupid shit, just whatever. You know, I was a security guard. I used to transcribe police interview videos for suspected murderers. Fucking hell. I was, uh, you know, all the usual waiter, chef, yeah, deckhand yeah. on a boat. I made snow like God. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, just also just stupid jobs, you know, just
0: um, why so many of them? Seventies an
1: incredible. Number. Just never really settled in to any of them. It's the longest job I've ever had okay. as a comedian. Okay, and um, I mean I'm still working now. I still work on building sites when I'm back in Sydney. Mm-hmm. But comedian is the longest thing I've done by far, four years.
0: Is it, like, a casual observer might go, oh, if you keep doing all those jobs, maybe, you know, and given that you're, you, you speak your mind, yeah. are you getting sacked for pissing people off? Is that the sort of background? Uh, it's or?
1: happened. I won't, you know, I won't rule it out, but generally I'll just move on. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm probably not as much of a slacker as I sound.
0: Okay. You don't sound girl. like a slacker at oh, all, right. really.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't often get sacked, but yeah, I do. Sometimes.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so you came into you came into comedy. You won. The, I had a little uh, look at your YouTube clips. Oh, yeah. we, we will talk some more about Australia's Got Talent later on. Oh, I mean, that would be an interesting yeah. uh, conversation. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you did the raw comedy thing, which over here I guess is the equivalent for British listeners of so you think you're funny. Yeah, so a big, yeah. well respected national competition. Yeah, I did that. That's the first thing I did. I okay, and did you just on a whim? Were you? Were just, was it just on a whim? Were you thinking maybe this will be another job to act? this Yeah, number seven pretty one? much.
1: Yeah. I was shitting myself first gig. Like all these young dickheads were just full of beans and balls backstage and I was the only one who was scared. But they were all shit. Okay? <laughs> they were fucking terrible. And, you know, so I ended up going through on that and ended up winning it. What, what attracted you to comedy? Were you a funny kid? I have no idea. No, I don't think so. I'd, I don't think many comedians were the funny kid or the... Class clown, I suppose there are some. No, I, don't, I have no idea. I just thought, give it a crack.
0: You're an enigma. I can't. This is part of why I wanted you on the show. I normally, like, four years, I, I normally kind of go for like, it's kind of a master class with people who've been going 10 oh, years. Oh, okay. Sorry. But no, sorry, no, are like sorry. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint everyone. No, no you're, so. Totally, you're so welcome. But you're, I find it really interesting because you seem to be coming to it from a position of not really caring what anyone thinks. No. Stick with it for as long as you want.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Give up if you want. Yeah. And yeah. yet you're here in the, the New Zealand International Comedy Festival. Yes. Doing a show that you're when I saw it, it's an excellent show and you had nine people in. Yeah. You're it's not currently you're not and I felt you know, we can talk about this in an industry. But yeah, yeah it's I do mean, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. But you, with you know, you are not particularly pulling a crowd at the moment. No. Do you pull a crowd in Australia? Uh, more than nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: in a festival. I just did Melbourne Comedy Festival. i probably average about forty people a night. Okay. Fifty which is fine but I mean it's a slow burn anywhere if you're not a TV comic
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, especially in Australia you're pretty behind the eight ball really well, this, getting people along
0: this is it in Australia in particular it's hard it's getting Australia. really hard in Britain but it must be hard in Australia to find gigs and you've got children as well
1: yeah I've got children and a job and stuff so yeah it's busy it's a busy life but it's cool but I mean, just as uh, just as a stand-up with no sideline in radio or TV, you're pretty fucked in Australia. Yeah, right. So should I not be swearing? No, it's fine. Yeah, it's really difficult. To, people don't really care unless they know your face. So I don't know. It's a
0: tough one. So what's what, what I'm what uh, I'm grappling with to begin with is your like if you like do you care about comedy? Or are you just giving it a try? No, no, I care no, about No, no, I mean, I know, also, obviously you care about it. Mean, I've not asked that question right. Well,
1: I'm, pa- I'm past the ca- just giving it a crack phase. I mean, I'm sure. right into it. Sure. I'm not nervous anymore. I've sort of conquered that. I don't give a shit. If there's nine people there, four people last night, four civilians and three comics Yeah, were in my show. I was like, yeah, oh, well, let's just approach it like I was in a stadium. Just do it like that. And it was fine. And, you know, I, I am right into it, but not to a point where I'm watching YouTube all day, every day, like these comedy nerds you know I just yeah. don't have the desire to do that all the time sure and so in that respect like often comics will say oh do you know such and such comic I go, no idea yeah. and it's it's someone quite famous that I should know sort yeah. of thing so I'm still on the outer in that respect I suppose
0: and do you do you feel like you're do you feel like you're on the, on the sorry what was expressed that on the outer on the, on the, on the outer of,
1: on the outside of, of uh, you know the inner sanctum of comedy people. Because I can I'm just... one of them.
0: I can imagine being backstage with you at that competition, mm. and I'd be one of the giddy, you know, pseudo-confident, trying to put a brave face on it, really kind of, God, this is my yeah. dreams, this is my life. Well, they
1: were all 20. So yeah, sure, like sure, sure. sure. 15 years older than all of them, sort yeah. of thing. So there's no... You know, it's different in that respect. But, yeah, just, uh, they've got some balls the youth, though, don't they? Like, it's a youth thing as well. They just sort of... I can't, I, there's no fucking way I go near a microphone at the age of 20. Yeah, right. I just wouldn't have done it. As, you know I knew I was stupid they just don't know they've got absolutely no fucking idea do they it's like give me that thing I'm on so you know, yeah right not much back up but um you know <laughs> they've got all the balls which is unfair but you've yeah. I
0: mean you've got the balls to do it you've got a yeah, huge yeah. amount of confidence on stage and and being the oldest person amongst all the 20 year olds yeah did that make you feel like I don't belong here uh just, or did you feel like they didn't belong there
1: yeah they didn't belong there I was the only one who belongs I'm generally the only one who belongs anywhere it's other people who are just wandering in in their groups and you know I mean I don't, I don't really have time to hang around with other comics anyway in my general life
0: yeah right i turn up to
1: gigs I'll get on very well with all of them I'm not mm-hmm. a prick but I'll leave after the gig I won't go out late at night to a video arcade playing Buck Hunter and whatever the fuck it is they do i just go <laughs> home
0: and get some sleep you know it's different you were saying uh, last night as well. We were talking about comic books. And you were saying that you, well, you roughly worked out there's room in your life for two thousand novels. And what's did you say? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think
1: it, it, there's a there's a basic mathematics. If you're a keen reader, and for me, I've, I've factored in that I don't read that much now because I've got kids and they take up an awful lot of your time. Sure. Um, and I do gigs at night when I would be reading, so I'm still going to get through. I think about two thousand books throughout my life. So I'm not going to fucking waste one of them on some kid's book or a Harry Potter or something, you know, fair play. If adults want to read it, good on you. But I don't know. I can't, I can't buy into it or comics. It's not my thing. You know,
0: where do you think this, do you feel like self-assured? Do you feel like a confident man? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never been the alpha
1: man. I I've never really cared for it, but like getting into comedy, I suppose, like, I was never cool at school or any of this sort of thing. But then um, the people I'm hanging around now were even less cool than I was at school. It's that kind of people that are in this, and I like it. They're my favourite types of people. But uh, there's not a lot of, you know, manual labour, blue-collar style men in comedy, is yeah, there? There's, sure. You know, they've all got soft hands when you shake their hands. It's those sort of people. Yeah, all right. Poncy little moisturised poet hands. <laughs> that got, there's not a lot of men, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a horrible thing to say. They, it's them, not, it's not it, at all. It's, it's absolutely
0: anyway. accurate. I mean, part of what makes you attractive to an audience member is that you're very different. Like, on that lineup last night, we did The Late Show. Yes. Carl Donnelly, the Cuban... What did I call him? I can't remember. Fancy Cuban-heeled sweat. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know, like with, a, with yeah. love. Yeah. Uh, and then me, you know, tissue-soft. Yeah. And then uh, Marcus Birdman, I think, was closing.
1: Oh, know. Was um, he? I know he was uh, kerry
0: kerry Marks. Okay. Well, Carey's. You know, he's kerry has been around a bit more, but he's always been a performer. He's always yeah, been like a magician yeah. or what have you. Um, and you know, in terms of the lineup of a show, you're like a sort of working class bloke. Yeah. Yeah. And that presumably works in your
1: favour. Yeah, it does. I mean, I've, I've always go fairly well in a lineup because of that point of difference. I mean, it, you know, when people put lineups together, they. I don't know so much here. I don't have much experience in New Zealand, but in Australia, they have to tick some boxes. And if you're just another middle-aged white guy, you know you've got to have some sort of point of difference for them to think of you. And this for all goes for all bookings, sure, and all spots on TV and all little shit like that in Australia. If you if you you know you're behind the eight ball if you if you're a white man who does jokes, you know, yeah, it's, um, they don't see any point of difference. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not angling for a point of difference, but I suppose mine is that I'm blue-collar.
0: A well-spoken blue-collar man. I yeah. don't know. You're, um, how do you relate to an audience when you're on stage? One of the things I noticed, and it's really fun to watch on uh, one of your YouTube clips, we'll get to the material in a moment, but just yeah. sort of still sort of establishing for people who haven't seen you what, what sort of thing you do. One of the things I found really beguiling was on two different clips that I saw, at the end, you just walked off yeah. You don't even yeah. say goodnight or no. thank you. No. You just look at them like, that's, that's all the stuff, yeah. and walk away. Now, that's got to be a deliberate choice, it, has it? We, um, you must be aware of the convention to have decided to ignore it. Well, it, uh, inter- interestingly, the,
1: the um, raw comedy thing that I made it to the national final, they're very, very you know, specific, telling you, you're there for fucking nine hours or something, going through rehearsals and sitting there listening to everyone else's gear... You know, it's really awkward. oh
0: they rehearse their gear before yeah, the competition yeah absolutely and in, is in that like just a conference the room yeah final? just the okay. just the
1: like 12 or however many people are there and so there's all that shit and then they go at the end you must say you know this is my name thank you very much I'm leaving I thought oh, that's just fucking cheesy you know stand there and scream "Good night, Australia god bless or something I <laughs> you know, walk off save <laughs> home it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's terrible so I just I just walk off I mean, no one's going to remember your name anyway if you're unknown so who cares just Wander off, it's fine. Plus, it gives me an extra joke, really. If, I've, if I'm doing short jokes, you get another joke in. In a time that you've said, You're beautiful, everyone, I'm gonna blow some kisses, all that sort yeah. of that <laughs> You get smacked in another joke and, and then walk off, you know. So,
0: so I'm interested in where this, this self assurance comes from because there's like one of the you know, listeners with the show will be familiar with one of my hang ups about my own career. Is that I feel like I, at the very start, I approached it by going what does everyone else do? That's what I have to right. do. And yeah. you're clearly someone that's approached it and gone, what does everyone else have to do? I won't do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not so much a deliberate choice from that perspective. I've just noticed the things that I do that are different that are, I'm not playing them up or, or you know, inventing a new, sure. new handshake or any of this sort of shit. It's just, that's just me. I'm not, I am refuse to do the bowing and all that sort of thing, which, which people are entitled to do. They can do what they want. There's no rules, but I just sort of,
0: I haven't deliberately gone out and created a character or anything. It's just me. So, sure. I don't know. So let's talk about the writing then. Let's talk about your. Uh, uh, let's talk about your, your th- that first that first set for Raw. Okay. Yeah. Had you done any gigs before entering that competition? No. So that no. was your, your first heat of that competition was your first ever gig. Yes. Yeah. It and went th- great. It went really w- well. What was the stuff that you had? Was that the same set as you eventually used when you won the competition? Uh, about half of it. So but you had, before ever doing a gig, you'd written, like, what, ten? Yeah, sort of ten minutes of one-liners. Before ever... Did, you, I mean, are you aware of how unusual that is? I
1: am now. I had no idea at the start. Like, when I did it, and then, uh, you know... Three, and ten minutes
0: of, of competition-winning one-liners. Not yeah, just, like, yeah. some old shit, you know what I mean? Not yeah. like you'd spent a year trying out loads of stuff. Well, I look point.
1: back on it now, and some of them are a bit shit, but, you know, whatever. There, there, there's enough in there that's good. Sure. But, um... I just kind of I had no idea the, the way it worked like I went to that was my first live comedy room thing like I'd seen a couple of theatre shows your Arch Barkers and your you know people who don't need your money sort of thing that I'd gotten dragged into but I'd never been to a comedy club before then okay. so I've gone in and done that and then three weeks later or something there was another one I thought oh I've, you know three weeks I'll just write five more minutes of stuff before that three weeks and then get there and they go do exactly the same set as last time it's like, fuck, I've forgotten what it is. I just, <laughs> just remember. I've just spent two days memorising this new five minutes. So I'll just do that. And then the next one was the same. So again. you did the
0: new five minutes? Yeah. For yeah. that one, okay. Yeah,
1: And then sort of the, f- I think that's the fourth gig I did, the one that you see on the thing. So it's like three stages. Mm. And then the final, the national final. And by then I'd sort of, Done a greatest hits retrospective. <laughs> the four gigs, yeah, yeah. the three previous yeah, gigs. Yeah. So that's what that is. You
0: know. So has there been times? Something I often ask people is how their writings changed in between their first gig and now. Yeah. Now we're only looking at a space of four years for you. Yeah. But you know, I mean, well, how should I? How should we approach this? Your those let's let's stay let's stay with those initial ten minutes or those five minutes ten minute sets that you wrote. Yeah. They're very complete. They're very ready jokes. You hadn't. I mean, did you try them out anywhere in between the gigs, the heats of the competition? No. So how come you've written 10 award-winning minutes without ever having watched comedy set foot in a club? What is it? What's your starting point? It's
1: probably that. Like, it's probably that contributes to it. I, I, I don't know. I've never imitated anyone with a joke or... Um, watched a shitload of YouTube or anything like this. I'll just and it's and it's not done.
0: like it's not like you were in conversations with your mate. They're not the sort of jokes you could tell in no. conversation. I mean, some of them are kind of anecdotal. You've got some brilliant stuff on when you worked as a you know a shop assistant in a yeah, in a yeah. bottle shop, you know, an off license. Um, so were you were you repeating things that people said in your shop to your mates and getting a laugh from them and going, oh, hang on, that must be funny?
1: No, I was just thinking about it and writing it down by myself. I've never, I never tried jokes out on Friends. I should. But I, I, I just never no, have. I just write it, get it to a point where I'm happy with it and it should be all right. So let's, let's,
0: let's envisage this writing process. Are you writing yeah. on a laptop or on a pad or what's, what's uh, the environment?
1: Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm working 40 hours a week, so I've generally, now, because I've joined technology, I write them in my phone, mm. but I used to just have a pad and pen in my pocket, like a a moleskin and a, a, moleskin and a, and a pencil and just write shit down whenever I thought of it. I'm still doing that, but I'll type it into my iPhone now. And then every few weeks I'll go through it and go, that is all shit Mm -hmm. and one or two things are salvageable sort of thing and then write them down. But at the start I just wrote out, you know, some stuff. I don't know. But I have changed. I've moved away from one-liners because you can't... I still like doing them, but you can't do an hour of one-liners. Like you can't, you know, I don't care who you think you are. One one hour per year of quality one-liners is not going to happen. Plus, people give up after twenty minutes. They Don't want to listen to that shit. Yeah, right. For longer than that, it's, yeah, too, it's, it's common, too much.
0: Common problem for the one liner comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I kind of moved away from that and mixed the two a bit.
0: So what was what was the first joke you wrote? Can you tell me the first joke that you wrote that you thought, oh, that's a corker? I mean, Have yeah. you got a? What was that? Yeah, I can. Yeah, go on. I used it on that
1: on that raw thing. Um, I hate use in Scrabble.
0: Oh yeah, you got, that was your opening line, wasn't it? Yeah. I hate use in Scrabble. Yeah. Okay, and that's I mean, that does a great job in that, because you're yeah, not coming yeah. on and simpering.
1: I mean, I haven't it's, used it since. Sure, but, sure, you sure. Know, that was, it was good, just to, you know, everyone else is coming out and being a massive wimp, and then there's someone <laughs> coming out and say, I hate you, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's different, you know,
0: so it works. For people unfamiliar with the Australian accent, use is a sort of colloquialism for you all yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) otherwise that's without knowing that that's what the irish Irish often
1: say use yeah sure southern american as well i think yeah yeah
0: yeah okay and so all right that's a that's a very quick one let's let's look at what's the joke at the moment that you're that you're proudest of
1: oh goodness um
0: or just i don't mean proudest of but you know what i mean that feeling of going like that you know that bit
1: Oh, right. Yeah, well, the more I get into it, the less I give a shit about the reaction to a joke. Like, it used to be my best joke is this because it, <laughs> so it amusing always to me, gets.
0: It's a reason you could give even less of a shit that you're currently giving, but go on well, yeah, no, I yeah. But I mean,
1: um, you know, you still care about getting laughs. Of course, if, of you, if you're going to get complete silence for an hour, it's fucking excruciating. Like, it doesn't matter who you're. <laughs> no, are. sure, That's, sure. It's horrible. But um, now, there's one that is hit and miss in my show, it's my favourite about being creepy. I can't remember if which I said one's this that. At... What's the name? Um, oh, it's a couple of lines in it but it was uh, if you're as creepy as winking on identical twins and, and uh, approaching women on the beach you want everyone to know uh, without having to say look I'm a scaly predator not to be trusted around anything then uh, just pepper your anecdotes with next thing you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. The job. Cause next thing you know just means I've done some stuff in the middle there that I am not proud of yeah <laughs> and then I go on with a couple of
0: examples that get you know, okay, fucking and it's nothing. But, and it, yeah, 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 well, sure. not nothing, but
1: you know, a bit harsh. And the,
0: you know? and where does where does that come from? The next thing you know, thing is that you just observing that is that you seeing a particular person saying that and going. I've seen just, that I, I suppose
1: it's just hearing that expression over the years and thinking yeah. that is a sleazy fucking thing to say. It's like back in the day when you hear "back in the day," that just means to me I used to hit women. Yeah, <laughs> <side>. it's not <laughs> like a, you know I can't listen to someone with "back in the day." And to be honest, I think we we're talking about this last night. Mm. Someone says to be honest, their opener is to be honest. I, I have to walk away. Yeah, that's it. You turn around. I don't want to hear, you know, the lies they're about to fucking tell me. <laughs> or, you know, or the really harsh stuff they're about to say. Yeah. You know, to be honest, you should have done more with your hair. That sort of shit.
2: Yeah, right. Like, you don't get
1: away with that just because you said to be honest. It's like no offence, but.
0: Yeah, sure. It's disgusting. Sure. Yeah. So, I had great fun talking to Luke. He's one of those acts who just instinctively seems to have gone in the right direction upon starting out. I loved his show. I've really enjoyed his club sets. Saw a few of them uh, this year at the Classic. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Although, as you'll hear, you're not going to see him at Edinburgh anytime soon. I hope he changes his mind on that score. Um, but for listeners in Australia or New Zealand, do keep an eye out for Luke. Really big fan of his work. A couple of London previews now before we whiz you back to the interview. Uh, I'm on at the Pleasants, London, doing a a preview of my Edinburgh show, Extra Life. That's on the 18th of June. Uh, On the 6th of July, I'm at ArgComFest, that's argcomfest.com, with a preview on that Sunday afternoon of Extra Life, and then back to assist Steve McNeil. I'm going to briefly take the place of uh, the lovely but feckless Sam Pamphalon uh, for their Go 8-Bit show at 8.45. That's that's at ArgComFest as well. Um, and Go 8-Bit is a thing that McNeil and Pamphylon have been working very hard on. It's very exciting. It's uh, a lot of computer games. I was going to say a lot of sort of computer game-themed bollocks, but it's more sort of bollocks-themed computer games. I think you'll really enjoy it if you're a gamer and if you're um, sort of any sort of a nerd, really, or even a real person, you can enjoy it peeking through your fingers. Uh, on the 7th of July, I've got a London preview at the Lucky Pig in Fitzrovia. Um, details you can find there from www.musicglue.com slash Alfie-Brown. That's Alfie Brown's night. He's been running uh, The Lucky Pig. So uh, very pleased to have a preview there with someone else. I'm not sure who that's going to be with, um, but worth checking out. And thank you for all the love for the Michelle Acourt episode on Twitter and on on Facebook. Thank you for that. Remember, you can join the Facebook group for updates about who's coming up on the show next. And there you can find a little clue about a guest that has been very often requested. It's not Kitson. Um, But it's someone excellent, I can't wait to speak to, who is coming up very soon. So join that to find out. Sorry, I'm a bit bunged up at the moment. I'm allergic to something in my house and I can't work out what it is. Someone post me a, a cat. No, that would be a solution to having mice, wouldn't it? Um, no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thick headed at the moment and I can't work out what I was going to say next. Thank you for your donations. Of course, uh, you can click on the PayPal button at ComediansComedian.com to show your support if you'd like to. That's all for now. Let's get back to the brilliant Luke Heggy.
2: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc To find out if it's right for you.
0: Your show at the moment, the one you're doing here, Bush yeah. is, yeah. uh, is sort of a story, loosely sort of story-ish, uh, and it's a description of all the people you ran into whilst travelling. Yes, yeah. And so, what's the like when you're when you sit down to create that show? What's the primary motivation? Is it I've got to have an hour of stuff? because I'm to tour it and try to make some money from it, mm. or is it, I've got a burning desire to slag off these people? A uh, mixture of both for me. I kind of want to put together an
1: hour of stand-up each year, and it's really hard to do. As any comic could know, it's hard to get that much quality material together. Um, so it's that. And and you know in Australia, you have to apply for, particularly Melbourne Comedy Festival, you apply six months in advance. Right. And then you have to give them a blurb mm-hmm. and a show title and stuff. So mm. you think of something loose, that you might do and then just crowbar in whatever the fuck you want into it with very vague segues throughout. So that's, that's you know, what a lot of shows end up being. Mine does sure. too. Sure, but um, I mean, if it's funny enough, it'll be fine. But if it's not, then it's like, you know, and some people are upset that you've veered away from the theme, but, you know, they can get fucked.
0: So it's not,
1: <laughs> not really my concern. Uh, sure. Yeah.
0: So, so, Going into, I want to talk about the 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 angle that you take on stage. Yeah. Which is sort of disdain yeah. for the world or the idiots around you. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh, like that? That becomes a sort of a, t- a tonal familiarity of your work. Yeah. Like that, you're you hate everyone. Yeah. Righto.
1: Yeah. Do you think? Oh, yes, that's no, a it doesn't. Like, yeah, like, so like I want to. I
0: want. I want to. Hear, it's part of why I enjoy you. I want to hear you, brilliantly articulate why most people are terrible. Yeah. Do you okay. know what I mean? That's. Yeah. That's the sort of thing. I quite like that. that. It's good.
1: Yeah. Good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm fine with that. So, is that an infinite well? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Like I. I you know, at the moment, I've got enough in the backlog to talk about dickheads I've met for the next probably 20 years. After that, if I'm still a comic, I don't really want to go into hotel and aeroplane jokes and and stuff, you know. But I don't know. If you're thinking hard enough, you should be able to... It is infinite. Yeah. There's a lot of Billions of dickheads. Yeah. And you meet them all the time.
0: And are you you making notes after meeting a dickhead? Have you ever met someone and walked away and gone... Absolutely,
1: yeah. Just a little phrase they've used or, you know, what they're wearing, something. That must give you
0: almost like an armour. Like, that reminds me of, you know, that Andy Warhol thing where apparently you went through a phase of recording everything that happened to him on a tape. Yeah. And apparently it alienated him from the world because, and this is my very layman's understanding of this, because whenever something potentially tragic or or whatever would happen, he'd just think, oh, this will make a good tape. Yeah. Like, does does that give you sort of a suit of armour for engaging with people?
1: Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't engage more or less with people as a research tool. I just sort of... Like, most people don't have any idea I'm a comic, which is fine, because you're not... I don't know, people tend to act differently once they know that you're a comedian. Sure. Especially working building sites. Like, people yeah, turn up right. to drop off a skip or something, like, oh, I can, I reckon I can fucking do that. Here's one for you. They yeah, just tell you course. something racist or sure. sexist and, you know, give you permission to use it on stage. And yeah. You know, that sort of shit. I prefer it if, you know... They're just going carrying about their normal lives and using stupid words and, you know, making mistakes that
0: I can take note of later. Did you ever have any kind of like a mentor figure amongst other comics? Was there anyone that you particularly uh, emulated or took advice
1: from or anything like that? No, I've never known many well enough. Like I have some friends, some good friends now who are comics, but they're generally the people my level are ten to fifteen years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And they've got different lives, like none of them have families and they're, you know, I'm I'm friendly with most comics, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't have any, anyone that I, you know, admire, you know, massively or or want to emulate. I don't have any heroes. Yeah, okay. But I don't have any heroes in life either. Like I don't have someone that I aspire to be like. I don't really care, you know why why? I mean, that to me like when you, when you and when I see people just fawning over other like just say I'm standing in a bar talking to a comic who's yeah, famous yeah. and some dickhead comes up and starts fawning over them I can't stay there I can't watch it because it's sure. just it immediately puts you well not me but it puts the person who's doing the admiring puts you below that person like you just you can speak to them as equals yeah and that doesn't mean you can't come up and go you know I loved your work sure thank you sure, very sure. much but just the sycophant shit that's you know And comics themselves, like younger or or newer comics, you know, they are big star fuckers, these people. Just want to rub shoulders with people that are going to make them better or something. I don't know what the psychology is behind it, but to me it's baffling and I just don't give a shit about it.
0: I'd, I've just remembered uh, being in the bar on Wednesday night, possibly, when that crazy accountant lady oh, turned up and was I can't, I can't hammering be everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I very nearly spat my drink in her and your face. When she said, "And what's your name?" and you oh, just yeah. immediately, totally dry. Was I can't? Did you say it was Devon? Bevan. Bevan. <laughs> Bevan. He said Bevan. What? Bevan McMurkin. Bevan, Bevan McMurkin. Yeah. And uh, and she goes, "I've never heard of you." And you go, "I'm not a comic." And yeah. she moves on. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, that was beautifully shut down. Like this, yeah. you're going to waste a single second <laughs> of your life dealing with that." Do you do you do you think if you become successful, if you become famous, you're going to yeah. attract? there's going to be a lot of stuff for you to deal with that you're not going to like. I don't think so. I think I'm... Like, even now,
1: if I do a really good gig to a big crowd and stuff, I'm still unapproachable enough that (laughs) I don't... um, don't, I'm not going to suffer that. And I think people know that, you know, I'm not a show pony. I'm not doing this to be famous or anything. I don't really Mm. care for that. But um, I, I think there's ways around it. Australians... I generally, this is a massive general, they're generally cool enough to just let you go by your daily business. It's not like Hollywood mm. where you're getting photographed down the street and shit like this. And I don't think I'll be the kind of person who would attract that anyway. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a you know, singer or a model and I don't go to fancy nightclubs and surround myself with fat-titted you know, models and shit like this. I don't, I'm not going to participate in this sort of lifestyle, so it's not going to mm. be an issue. Mm. I don't think.
0: And what do you, you say you don't care for those aspects of comedy. What, what do you get out of it? What's the, what's the I suppose I'm asking, like you're, you're, there are very few people in comedy who are like you. There are some, but there are yeah. few people coming to it from that kind of blue collar, yeah. sort of, you know, bloke angle. I work on a building site and then I do gags of an evening. Yes. And like a lot of people I know do comedy out of some, I mean, let's call it a desperate desire for approval. Yeah, and you clearly are unaffected by, you know, you're not doing it in order to be approved of. No,
1: no, I'm not. Having said that, though, I'm not an idiot. I would like very much to make a living out of comedy and give up Mm. building. I'm not want to. I don't want to work physically until I'm dead. You know, it's 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 hard work, and I'd really like to be a comic. But beyond being able to make a living and support my family from being a comic, there's not much more I want out of it. Like I just want to. If I had forty extra hours per week to create, I'd be Mm. I'd be writing an awful lot more Mm. and doing stuff like this and, and you know making little things and you know just it'd be so nice that's what I'd want out of it it's just more time mm. the the money thing I mean if you're good at what you do, money will follow but I'm not that concerned with it I've never had any so I don't really care for it mm. yeah. and there's enough in a country like Australia you're not going to starve to death and your kids will be alright you know I'm capable of working
0: so I can sure. work you know. So Talking about the experience of actually being on stage, do you, so you said you're less nervous now. When yeah. you're, do you still, like, what you get out of it in terms of the pleasure of making people laugh? Do you have any other, do you have any other ambitions other than making a crowd laugh? Like, I mean, in the moment, and you sort of, I mean, you don't strike me as someone that's hoping to change people's minds or no. make them think or make them feel anything? No. Anything like that. It's getting the laughs because you enjoy getting the laughs or it's getting the laughs because that enables you to not work on a building site? Um, oh no, I enjoy
1: getting the laughs, obviously. And I suppose that, you know, there's no one in comedy who doesn't want some sort of validation. It's very nice when people really like your gig and you come off feeling good and you come off feeling like you've done a good job sort of thing. So there is that, yeah, I do enjoy that. Mm. But uh, as far as changing people's minds, it's like having a conversation in a pub with a racist. You're not gonna change their fucking mind. And and on stage, I'm not going to change someone's mind with what I'm talking about, and it's you know you see, I see a lot of, and it's very effective populist lefty stuff being spouted on stage, and you know massive right wing people are not really in comedy rooms, are they? Sure. They're at home in their mansions, so it's sure. a bit of an echo chamber thing to come out and go round of applause for gay marriage, everyone. Yeah. If, you know, make up a fucking joke, will you? i you know it's um. I don't know, you're not going to, probably not going to have the type of audience whose mind you want to change. Yes. Plus, give a shit enough to do it, I don't know. I don't know if the people trying to do it really give a shit, or if they're just searching
0: for a laugh as well. Hmm. No idea. What, are, what other kind of things, while we're on it, what other sort of things do you see in comedy that you despise? <laughs> hate, some oh, st- goodness. hate some stuff <laughs> yeah, on <it>. okay. <laughs> Well, I hate being told rules of it. So
1: from that perspective, I don't really like to get stuck into the comedy I don't like. There's lots of comedy I don't like, but I'm friends with some of these people who do it and they can do what the fuck they want. And if it works, good on them. Like, I, I don't like the, the backstage sniping sometimes of, of um, oh, fuck him again he's going to do that song and everyone will love him for it <laughs> yeah, good right. on him fine you know let it go it's not my cup of tea sometimes this sort of stuff but I'd, so I, I don't like the rules being thrust upon you and the purists telling you what you should and shouldn't do I don't like that um, but as far as performing goes I, you know people can do what they want I've got my, I reserve my right to not listen or not watch it or walk out or whatever so I don't know. I don't, I'm loath to diss people's styles of comedy. Mm, mm.
0: Yeah. Within your own style, do you find there are things that you... Like, what do you see as your strengths? Um,
1: my strengths are probably... My writing skills would be far and away better than my performance skills. But I, I don't know. Performance skills, I don't think I have that many strengths. I just stand there and say what I've written and people can like it or not. And that sounds a very black and white thing, but that's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, in ter- but in terms of your writing skills, like um, well, let's let's just look at the when you say you're kind of like you're working like say a manual job. Yeah. Are you thinking back over? Are you trying to edit existing writing in your head? Are you kind of running through your set and tweaking it all the time? What What is that? What is that experience of? Um, because I sort of I'm, I'm, I go to open mic nights, maybe average
1: once a week to do a new five minutes and. I'm spending a lot of time A totally new five minutes every week?
0: No. Or I, working for, on for about, new stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, working on new stuff. But I, it depends. If I'm not getting paid, I'll do all new. But if I've written it, like I've, mm-hmm. I've got to write some stuff. So I'm kind of spending a lot of time trying to memorise. And because a lot of my stuff is dependent on getting the right words in the right order.
0: That's interesting. In some, yeah, okay. Uh, it's
1: a lot of memory games to play with myself. And if I've got a big show coming up, like a new one-hour festival show that I'm trialling or I'm about to go to a festival... I've got to memorise, you know, eight thousand words in order, yeah. and that's a lot of um, time in your head, which I suppose is good to be a builder for this, rather than someone who's got an important job, you know. Right, just, answering
0: phones or something, anything yeah, you engages yeah, anything a different you part of your, your anything brain. Anything where I can't
1: mean. just be silent and walk around on my own is would be a tough job for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's talk about uh, Australia's Got Talent. Ah, oh, great. Uh, how was the experience of doing that? I don't think I know any other comics who've been on that sort of a show. Why, why, did, you, why did you go on it?
1: Well, they... I mean, I could have said no, but they asked me to do it. And just said, oh, we haven't got any comics on. Because it's obviously just a singing competition. Mm. And they said, oh, just get up and do two minutes of jokes. I said, yeah, okay. I went down there and I, I did it. But I, don't, I didn't really think it through. And even though I had worked in television production, I didn't really think it through that... I generally just wander off after I finish telling my jokes. I just stand there and get fucking judged for mm. longer than my set took. I'm standing mm. on stage just listening to these dickheads talk to me about what they like about or what they don't like about comedy, and they haven't got a fucking clue. Yeah, they've never been to a gig. Well, in their this lives. is it.
0: I was so and, surprised to see specifically you, given your personality and your material, had made that decision to yeah, I didn't to really go really on think something through, that's just, so like, kind of populist.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't think anything would come of it. I just thought, I, I suppose what I thought was, it's if, if people are going to judge me on my material, they're welcome to, but uh, I didn't really participate in any other shit. They wanted to come to my work. They wanted to come to my house and film my family. Mm. I was like, no, nah, fuck off. You're not coming anywhere near that. If you want me to come and do some jokes, I'll do it because it's a, it's a spot, you know, just like a, so <laughs> not a spot. Got nothing go, on that go night. Go on, Australia's <laughs> got talent Do <laughs> yeah. a bit of new stuff. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah I suppose it didn't really work out but I mean the only people who know about it are other comics sure or who give me shit about it are other comics yeah, so there's yeah. that aspect too I just think you know no one who goes to comedy clubs watches this shit and what have I got to lose like you know it's only other comics who would look at that and think what a dickhead for going on that
0: just well yeah I didn't think what a dickhead I just uh, like it sounds like you weren't playing along with the rest of the process no so wasn't. you must have known that as soon as they said we want to come round your house and you said no but yep. even if you smash the gig, you're not going to go any further because you're I not. I wanted to see ball. what
1: happened just from that. I knew that, but yeah. I still wanted to see what happened. Even if you smash a gig, that they don't like you because you're not standing there crying about a recently dead relative, sure, or something, and they edit the fuck out of it. too. I said a couple of funny things, but they just made me made it look like I was standing there like a mute.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, which I largely did, but I did say a couple <laughs> of things. that were...
0: That were quite funny and they've just edited them out. So yeah. Yeah, there's that too. They can make you look like how they want. Sure. Yeah. So did you did you go to Edinburgh as a result of winning Raw? Yes. Is that part of that? How does that work? Did you did you compete and say so you think you're funny? Yeah. Is that yeah. how it works? The winner so which year was that? What year you Twenty ten. Who was the winner that year? No yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I have, have absolutely right, no idea. I was I, I kind of I went in a heat for that. Yeah. Or some semi final. Seemed like it was a big crowd anyway, it wasn't sure. like maybe it was a heat. I have no idea. But I didn't make it through that because the woman who owns comedy didn't really get into it. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> okay. I was gone. Sure. Yeah.
1: But anyway, that's fine. That's, yeah.
0: Okay. So how did you... You then came back to Edinburgh with an hour? No, no, no. While
1: I was there that time, I, I went... I supported a couple of Aussie comics, the Nelson Twins. They had a show... Like a yeah, I
0: remember that. Okay, I didn't know you, but they had a show and you were doing support for the show. Yeah, I did like I rem- I, don't I never saw it. I just remember hearing the blurb and going, wow, someone's doing an Edinburgh Hour in a venue with a support act. Yes. And that's what ultimately yeah. a lot of people do now on the Free Fringe. They go, oh, let's go half and half. And it's just quite unusual someone who's yeah. 40 or 20. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: I only had 15 quality minutes. You know, I'd only done four gigs before I left. <laughs> so I went there with that. They fucking hated me. The crowd's there just... It was. Why
0: was that? Why do you think that was? Analyze that. I, I don't know. Because they're I mean, just punters. Yeah, they are punted. Well, they're midnight punters. So yeah, they're okay, quite
1: yeah, yeah. Angry Scotsmen at that hour of night. Um, not big crowds, like five people. Right. You know, I was just doing one liners, just one after the other. You know, probably do forty jokes in my set, and then just wander off. I just come out, start doing <laughs> jokes, walk off, and there was no personable. Yeah. You know, there's no. They wanted to be talked to and. Yeah, you know, you look like you drink a beer. Fee, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I don't do that, and which makes me an appalling opening act in my yeah, sure. Like I just, i sure. shit opening act. Don't, I've never <laughs> yeah. mc You're anything. not really an icebreaker. You're kind of no, ice maintainer. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just went badly, and it was midnight. It was fucking so hot in this room. Mm. I was so hot. there had been probably twelve hours of shows in it before we got on. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and people weren't coming, and you know, it's just, it's just a bad time. Well, I had a great time seeing other shows and mm. i have never been exposed to that but also witnessing the misery of all these comics that have been around for a long time just having a bad time at festivals Fuck! I had no idea this happened so it was good to see that
0: it's quite weird isn't it the difference between the Australian model of a festival which is a place you go and make money yeah, and yep. the Edinburgh model which is a place you spend all your money in order to get noticed by, well, by some nebulous system yeah. that doesn't really exist yeah, yeah it's weird yeah.
1: That I have no desire to go back there because no one's going to notice me, I don't really care for that. And and even Melbourne's a bit like this, Melbourne Comedy Festival is very cut and dry, who's supported, who's not. And a lot of people go there with the intention of losing not too much money, which to me is fucking crazy. Like Mm. I just, I'm not not a massive profit hound, but I can't fathom going somewhere knowing that I'm gonna lose money. Mm. If it happened, it happened. But you know, I don't understand that mentality. People say, oh it's your first year, if you break even, that's amazing. Mm. What? what kind of a business is that it's appalling so but you know lots of people doing it so do you have um
0: <laughs> do you have uh, a kind of a view of what you're expecting from the next five or ten years or from are you are you anticipating being like a road comic are you, um, you know do you, do you have plans to move out of that or move further into that what's what what's the, I, what's the I, strategy I, if there is one
1: I've just I've just made a pilot for a television sitcom. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you were talking about this. With
1: another comic based Tennis based random. on my show from last year about working in a bottle shop. And it's just got a revolving door of dickheads coming through the door and you know, it's it's pretty good and it's funny and I would hope I can pop something like this in the next 5 years just to you know, I only want to do stuff that's going to draw people into my live shows because that's what I want to do. Mm. Ultimately, I'd like to be just a live stand-up. And I know that involves touring, but at this stage I can't really go off and tour with kids mm. and I, I don't think it's that useful to go off around Australia on a pub tour with no profile
0: Do people do that? Is that that's a, an acceptance?
1: Yeah, yeah. people go around and tour all the time like it's, you know, and that's how you get your money, that's how you get mm. your pay but I need to stay in Sydney most of the time so I can't just, even doing this I'm away for two and a half weeks this time and I was just away for three and a half weeks in Melbourne without my family and it's not very nice mm. for me, it's even harder for my wife Sure. Obviously, she's, you know, doing all the work. So I don't want to be doing that with no hint of success forever. I've got to change that as soon as I can, really. But um, unfortunately, the only way to do that in Australia is to get your stupid mug on television.
0: Yeah. So I, do, you, I, do you put any stock in the kind of like social media and marketing yourself and do you involve yourself with that part of it? Are you trying to accrue an audience in that kind of way? or is it I, It's one of those thing?
1: things I haven't focused on and yeah. I think it's pretty saturated, this, and I know it's a a long, slow burn, like anything, to build a social media fan base, and that's great that you see YouTube kids doing this, you know, the stupid little videos and stuff to build an audience, but I... I It's crazy that
0: as a a, a late 30s comic myself, Mm. seeing people doing, you know, seeing incredibly fresh-faced 20-year-old comics being genuinely entertaining and innovative and original and stuff, you do kind of go, oh, oh, wow that's all completely different, isn't it? Well, yeah. they're busy doing while well, I'm yeah. hacking, and I'm they get to they deal get with with big drugs. crowds to their live audience too. Yeah, right. As
1: a result of this, so yes, yeah. it does work. But
0: I, I, find in that situation, I think, oh, I, I, like we, you and I, either as could do that. Yeah. I just find that I kind of go, oh, I've, so I guess I've missed that boat. I'll yeah. I'll just carry yeah. on hacking away for the
1: next 15, 20 years. Yeah. That's.
0: It's an odd sort of a feeling, isn't it?
1: It is. But if if you ultimately want to be a live stand-up, and I do, then that's the thing I want to concentrate on. Sure. Like, I know I need other
0: stuff to drag people in, but... So is, is it better to do a show that you're happy with, that you think is excellent, mm. to very few people, rather than build an audience that then are going to be disappointed when they come and see a lackluster yes. show? Yes, yeah.
1: yes. I mean, thinking in the long term, absolutely. And it's horrible that that's the case, but that's what it is. Like, I mean, you know, if you if you do some something online that's people relate to, they'll turn up to your live show and see that you're not... a live stand-up mm. they're not going to come again mm. I wouldn't think maybe they will just to catch a glimpse of your face I have no <laughs> idea but um, I think long term if you're going to be a stand-up you've got to keep doing it and if you, even if you get other stuff like you see guys who get jobs doing radio DJ morning shift or something like this and the stand-up has a tendency to drop yeah. off because mm. you know, they don't go out every night yeah. doing it I think uh, once that finishes though and you try to get back to it you're better off continuing at least keeping your foot in the door yeah. somehow with stand-up
0: What's, uh, what mistakes do you think you made as a beginner? And I know this is only four years ago, but do you know, are you sort of far enough away that to go, I could have done that differently? I could have, um, you know, do you feel like you could
1: have. Individual gigs, I see things that I could have done differently, but on, on the whole, not really. I mean, I've worked harder than any other comic I know in terms of writing. Um, I mean, there are probably many who disagree with that, but I, I you know... You feel like I'm, you do.
0: In terms of what? In terms of your output or the amount of the time output. you, I mean, you I've craft written, on each? I've
1: written three one-hour shows so far, and that's, I think, a fair bit. i don't got no-one no else to compare it to, but... Oh, I do. Like, a lot of people are just lazier than that. But with with the rest of my life being so full, it's been fucking hard to get the time to do that yeah. and to go out and test it and to be out three, four nights a week and, um, you know with a very supportive wife to let me go and do that. But um, I, I don't have any regrets or things I've done poorly. Mm. Individual gigs, of course, if I've ripped into a heckler too hard or um, or just, did, you know, not catered material to the particular crowd, that sort of thing. Mm. I think I've oh, f- come off thinking, oh, fuck, I forgot to do this, joke That would have been yeah, perfect. Sure. That sort of thing. Like little sure. incidents like that, but that comes from experience. and Now I'm giving less time to... Like if I know the material now, I didn't even... Like last night's late night show, I didn't even think what I'm going to do before I went on. I used to write out a list yeah before every gig, even if it's a late night spot or something, and go, these are the jokes I'm going to do. I'd better spend the next half hour m- remembering what they're going to be in what order. But now I've done them enough. I just sort of keep going until the light comes on <laughs> like a robot, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, do you... Are there any patterns in what you do? Are there any kind of... Um, are there things that you that you go, that is a particularly Luke-Heggy thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, in terms of a bit of material, do you think there's something that kind of like, oh, that's that's a typical bit of, of what I do?
1: Uh, not consciously, no. I do have other comics say to me, oh, I thought of something that would suit you the other day. So oh, yeah, I suppose yeah, okay. I do have a very... Um, I suppose... Uh, I don't know, it's it's my style but I don't think of it consciously like this would make a perfect bit for me, I just yeah, think oh, okay. this would be funny I'll yeah. you know, make it into a bit thats that I'm going to do
0: Can you give us an example of something that you're working on at the moment that isn't working to your satisfaction and what you're planning to do about it Oh goodness um like, is there a bit in your current show that's, that you're like, it's just not getting the, the reaction you want? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not
1: great at working on stuff that's not working. I'll generally ditch the whole thing. Okay. And just make something else up, like start on a new bit. And as such, I've, I've ditched a lot of stuff that probably had potential. I just never bothered to work on it. Just didn't yeah. work two times in a row or something. I thought, oh, fuck it, it's out. Okay. And, you know, I know it's hard to tell when there's single-figure audiences. Sure. But uh, I've done it enough this show to know that you know, it can work the whole way through mm. um, some bits better than others of course but you know um, I don't know I'm not a good example of this I'll generally write something and if it's good enough for me to take to stage I'll keep it but if I've misjudged that and it just goes like shit so you three times in a row ditch the whole thing
0: so you've got quite high quality control yeah and quite a high turnover so how much how many minutes do you think you write a year that you end up with 60 for your show Oh uh, probably
1: 65, 70. Okay. Yeah, not much more. I okay. don't have time for much more. Whereas if I had more time, I could write 90 minutes and just do a best of.
0: And when in the, when is it Melbourne, is it geared around Melbourne? So you do Melbourne and then Melbourne finishes or you come here yeah. and then you go, like when do you start writing show number four? Um,
1: well, I, I tend to start a bit late. I, I, the last couple of years, was, I'm going to start now pretty much for next festival season which kicks off maybe January with Perth Fringe or something like this the, yeah. the last two years I've waited well not waited I've just been busy enough till September to do it and also the current show it takes time for a show to get good and you know that can take six, eight months for a joke or a segment to become yeah. you know a, a bankable closer for example yeah, so I'm still yeah. using this stuff all the way through till, till the end of the year okay and then I've you know
0: and then do you jettison all of this from your what's your, your quality control of your club set is it like you're writing a new hour every year, but your club set is just the best of anything goes at any time? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Club set's the best of the last two years. I don't really do anything from three years ago. Okay. And then this year, I would like to get sort of, I think of most of the, of the shows I've written so far, about 30 minutes is club worthy out of an hour. So from that, you're just doing 20 minutes of that show for the next year.
0: So are there, are there bits of your hour shows that you'd never do in clubs? Yes, absolutely. And what's the... What's the what, because, they're not, because they're not what enough? Um,
1: they're not funny enough in isolation. Okay. They're good and part of my story or part of what I'm trying to do, but they're not... I mean, if I worked on them, they probably could be, but I don't work on them enough to set up from point zero... To get this bit about old people to be funny for a club
0: set. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm just sort of leave it as the show part. You've got your teeth right into it. From yeah. from never having you never dreamt about being a comedian as a kid or anything like that. No. You sort of discovered it and gone, Oh fucking hell, this this might be it. Is there is there a sense that oh god, I found my thing? Uh yeah, a little bit. But I'm also
1: realistic enough to know that there's a high failure rate. And I'm f- this is, this is not, you know, your go-after-your-dreams speech that I'll be giving to my kids or anything, but, you know, there's... there's And there's so many fucking mentals doing comedy who, you know... And and some need to be told to stop. And I don't want to be one of those. Like, I really don't want to get to a stage where people are thinking, oh, fuck, he's still going, sort of thing. So um, I'm realistic enough to know that I'm, I'm a lot older than other people. I'm not a pretty young, you know... TV host type person which is what Australians want um, I I would love to be a comic until I stop working or you know until I'm probably dead I don't know it's not the sort of thing you need to stop doing it's not like you're lifting heavy stuff but um, yeah I suppose it's, it's, it is the first thing I've found that I think I could do this forever and be very happy doing it it's great that'll do us. thanks man <laughs>
0: that was Luke. Thank you so much to him for coming along. I really enjoyed how forthright he is. I wish I could cultivate that kind of certainty, you know, that sort of quiet confidence. His act is fantastic. Do seek him out online or wherever you can find him. Uh, A quick plug for Audible. Do me a favour, let me know if you're using or if you use this Audible thing. I don't want to keep taking up your time with it if no one's taking advantage of it. I understand that some of you are, but I've not really looked to see. (laughs) Remember, the web address is audible.co.uk slash cc for Comedians Comedian. And you can sign up there for a free trial through that address. That also gives me a little kickback towards the show. How little... I suppose I should find out at some point. Uh, I know a few of, I checked a few months ago and some people had used it, that's great. Um, But uh, let me know if you've used that. You can email me info at comedianscomedian.com or tweet me at comcompod. Thanks as well to those of you who've been listening on British Airways. Uh, Every so often I get a little tweet from someone who's caught the show on a BA flight and it makes me feel very patriotic. So thanks to you. Uh, cracking show coming up next week. Uh, do get in touch if you'd like to. Share the show with a friend and do keep your merch ideas coming in. We've had some very funny t-shirt ideas uh, and uh, and some other bits and bobs of merch suggestions. I will compile a top five for next week. Tweet them at comcompod with a hashtag merch and uh, I'll have a little look at those. This show was co-produced by the brilliant Nathan Wood. I'm Stuart Goldsmith. I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>